Welcome to the very first episode of the Momster Squad, where us real, down-to-earth, and sometimes raunchy moms talk about our lives. So get ready to reach into your inner momster and take this journey with us. Alright, so a little bit about herself. My name is Abigail Griffin, also known as Abby. I am 27 years old, and I have four wonderful children. Two of them are biologically mine, and two of them are stepchildren. Two are boys and two are girls. Um, Two of them are nine years old. There's one seven-year-old and there's a newborn who's almost three months old. I also with an amazing boyfriend. Yes, I said boyfriend. I'm not married yet. Still waiting on that ring. If you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. (laughs) Um, But we've been together for six wonderful years. Um, And next up is Uh, Thank you. I am Jennifer Williams, and I am 37 years old, and I am also a mom to four children, who they are all mine. Um, I have three girls and one boy. Uh, Their ages are 18, 14. I can't help but laugh at that. I swear you can't talk around these girls, ever. Um... And I also have been with my boyfriend for almost six years. It'll be six years in September. And I also don't have a ring. If you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. (laughs) And now I will hand it over to... That would be to me, Becky Sanford, age... Wait for it. 48. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) I have one child, and I'm pretty sure it's mine. (laughs) I mean, are you sure? Well, (laughs) yes, actually, I am. The apple did not fall far from the tree with this one. Um, Yep. You're married. Oh, yes, I am. He, he put a ring on it. Woohoo! Not a boyfriend. I can say I had her four days before I turned 40. And the way I look at it, although not super religious, the powers that be waited for me to find the perfect daddy to bring my miracle child into this world. Okay, so for our first episode, we are going to be talking about labor stories and pretty much what made us a mom. So my story, I was 18 years old when I had my first child. Um, I was a teen mom, and I conceived him on prom night. Yeah, whoopsies. (laughs) Um, But during the... (laughs) During the pregnancy... Off like my prom dress! (laughs) (laughs) God... During the pregnancy, um, I was hospitalized for five days, um, and that was due to, uh, like, when you get pregnant, you get, you're prone to get UTIs. Well, I had, like, a really bad one, which traveled up to my kidneys, and it was, a, like, a severe kidney infection. So I was in the hospital for five days. I had a fever of 105. That's scary. Yeah. I remember them putting on, like, these ice blankets on me, which were so cold. Because isn't 105 where you could go into a coma and it could affect your brain? Yeah, like, it was bad. And I just remember, well, Mikey's father wasn't there. He was up in New Jersey worrying about a damn car. 
men in their cars. Uh, it's my ride. Yeah, and it was just very traumatic moment. Thankfully, I had my parents there with me. Um, they've always been there for me. Um, but to fast forward to the actual delivery Labor Day, um, I woke up that morning um, feeling pain, um, starting feeling those contractions. When I started um, started to get to about ten minutes apart is when we went to the hospital. <laughs> I can't with you. Uh, with you, that would be Becky. Yes. If you could see what she's doing. Anyway. So once they were 10 minutes apart, we finally decided to go to the hospital. Um, from there, it was pretty much they gave, well, backtrack. I didn't want to get an epidural at first. I thought I could do it. Um, they gave me some medicine through the IV. I don't remember what like it was a local. called. Yeah. I think that's what they called it for me. Was I don't like a local. It, But whatever it is, it's supposed to calm you down. Well, they proceeded to... Um, Whatchamacallit, break my That's water. That's a candy bar that I really love. <laughs> break my water. That's what I was thinking of. They broke my they water at the hospital. Um, and then from that point, I really started feeling the pain. So I was like, no way, need that epidural. So if any of you Give know. Give me the drugs. Yeah. <laughs> you start feeling it, you're like, oh, I can't do it. Uh, from that point, uh, I didn't deliver Mikey until the next day. It was around 6.23 p.m. Uh, he was 8 pounds, 11 ounces, 21 inches long. Circumference of his head is 14 inches around. Um, I did end up, they cut me um, to let him go through. <laughs> they sewed me back uh, up. <laughs> what's that called? A, a, uh, a, a piezomotomy. Yeah, yeah, that thing. And I didn't even have one of those. I know the word. Look at me go. They're, they're big words. It's because I'm old. Um, but, <laughs> but other than that, like comparing between, obviously I had a newborn, so comparing between the two, um, you really forget what you pretty much going through. I know Jen can. Yeah, I yeah, could definitely. You don't remember. You don't remember. Especially, it was nine years apart between my firstborn and my secondborn. And you don't remember, especially the massage afterwards, the stomach massage. I could do labor all day long, but that massage, no. When you may say massage, that was for the placenta. The placenta. Yeah, and it is painful. Like, I don't Very. even know how to describe it. Uh, but I also remember, since I was a teen mom, I was treated differently. Uh, with that, the nurses, the staff, I think they just treated, treated me like I didn't know anything, um, their demeanor towards me, uh, like I was stupid. I remember the one time, two weeks after the visit, I went to get, like, a checkup or, a, like, with my son. I don't really remember, but I just remember two weeks after. I was running late. I told him I was going to be running late, and I was talking to the receptionist when I got there, and she was downing me and, like, pretty much scolded me for being late. And I just stood there and started crying because, you know, you're a new mom. You're learning everything. And regardless of how old you are, like, you need to be treated like that. Yeah. With with their background in medicine, you would think that they would treat all of us the same. And a lot of women have postpartum depression. 
Yeah. So, and your hormones are running high. Yeah, and to treat somebody like that. And at 18 years old, it's scary to become a new mom no matter how old you are, Mm -hmm. let alone being a teen mom. Yeah. That's horrible, and I'm very sorry you experienced that. I know, but I showed him different. (laughs) Yeah, buddy. (laughs) Um, But that's pretty much my birth story, so I'm going to go ahead and hand it off to Jen. Thank you, Abby. (laughs) So, I also was a teen mom. I conceived my oldest daughter when I was 18, and she was born a week after my 19th birthday. Exactly a week after my 19th birthday, to be exact. Yeah. Yep. Exact. My my labor story really wasn't that eventful. Um, As you can imagine, I was scared because I was a teen mom. Um, I didn't necessarily have the same experience where the doctors, you know, like, um, talked down to me. Because I was a teen mom, I actually had very good doctors, um, and the hospital I had her at was completely amazing. If I could, if I could have had all my kids at this one hospital, that would have been amazing because they were so great, and the staff, everything. Um, but yeah, anyway, Um, so I was actually living in New Jersey with my daughter's, what I call sperm donor and her grandparents, um, his parents, two hours away from my parents. So the day before I had Gianna, I decided to go for a walk, um, with a neighbor. She used to walk every day. So I decided to go for the walk with her and we walked for about two hours and when we got home i went and took a shower because i was sweating it was june it was hot so i went and took a shower well while i was in the shower my water broke and again i wasn't sure if my water actually had broke because i was one a new mom and two i was in the shower so that was at 10:30 a.m on june 9th Well, I called my OB. She said to go to the hospital. So we headed to the hospital, got there, got all settled in. um, And I called my parents. They were starting to leave. They were getting packed up and ready to leave. And they were two hours away. So they came in. I got settled in the hospital. They came in. They're like, okay, let's uh, give you an IV. Well... I don't do needles. Lies! You have tattoos! <laughs> it's different. It's not the same. So, yeah. So I begged them, begged them to give me, um, to wait till my parents got there. And they're like, no, we have to give you the IV. We have to give you the IV. I cried. Like, I went full on panic attack. And they ended up, it took them 45 minutes and holding me down to before they got the IV in. So now, fast forward, um, I wasn't progressing. I wasn't progressing, so they actually had me, they had this hill, like, in the hospital. There was, like, this hallway, and it was a hill. You went rock climbing? Yeah, basically. <laughs> Um, I don't know, like, why, because it was all on the same floor, but there was a hill, and they called it Pregnancy Hill, 
and they would have mothers walk up and down this hill until induced labor. Now, remind you, I had already walked two hours that morning, so I was quite tired. So after of being in the hospital all day, um, not progressing, they decided that they would induce me in the morning. So they gave me a sleeping pill. <laughs> they gave me a sorry sleep, sleeping pill. Becky is just Becky. You'll find that out. <laughs> they gave me a sleeping <laughs> pill, which I did not sleep. Um, my mom said I was up crying all night, saying I was drunk or high. Well, that's fun. No, it wasn't. She <laughs> cried. I cried. Oh, well, I've done that too. <laughs> so I went from not progressing and or nothing and crying because I couldn't sleep to at 5.30 a.m. on June 10th going into full-on labor. And it was not just regular labor. No, it was back labor, which is, if you've ever had it, then you know what I mean when it is excruciating pain. Um, I did get an epidural also. Um, and after that, I kind of calmed down, didn't really feel anything. They told me I was ready to push. And I pushed for about 45 minutes. And Gianna came out. Well, when Gianna came out, I passed the fuck out. <laughs> well, <damn>. I <laughs> was so tired. And there goes the explicitness in our <laughs> podcast. Yep. Just passed out. So I remember her coming out and me falling asleep. And I guess two about two hours had gone by and I woke up and I puked. And the nurses ran in and they're like, it's fine because I was scared, and they're like, it's fine, it's just from the epidural. Um, the only person in the room besides the nurse that came in was my sister, and I'm like, where is everybody? So they then got me cleaned up, brought me upstairs, um, which is when I learned that Gianna was 6 pounds, 5 ounces, and 19 and a half inches long. Um... And she was perfect, and that was pretty much my story. Um, and, you know, she just graduated high school, so I could not be more proud of her. So here is Becky with her story. Hello, hello. Uh, so, Becky Sanford, again, yeah, 48, I'm the old one, 40 years older <laughs> than my 8-year-old daughter. Uh, I did have an experience at a younger age that we may or may not get into in a later episode, but leading up to me being 38, about to go on 39, uh, when I first met what is now my husband, I didn't think I could have children. I had been in a couple of long-standing relationships of which there was no birth control used and actually discussion of having children. If it happened, it happened, and it didn't happen. Well, thank God for that. Uh, the way I look at it is that God was waiting for me to find my daughter the perfect daddy, and I sure did. Uh, so my husband and I met in February of 2013, and things escalated very quickly. It was as though we knew each other forever. 
Uh, he had plans to move down south, and it was just me and my two cats, so, you know, <laughs> hey, we're going. Uh, so, um... Damn hillbillies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I can't with you. Can't with you either. No. Okay, so, uh, yes, my husband did actually put a ring on it prior to, you know, letting the sperm from the donor go where it needs to go. <laughs> he, he did warn me that his sperm wear capes, might I add. Uh, we were <laughs> sitting at the dinner table. <laughs> Yes, I'm, I'm going to carry on. We were, we were sitting at the dinner table not too long after having moved 800 miles away from anything that we've ever known. And mind you, I told him, hey, you know, I hope that you are okay with not being able to have children. We were, we were engaged at the time. And he said that he was okay with that. At, you know, he had a seven-year-old son at the time, just turned eight, uh, who is now 17, and he was okay with that. But we're sitting at the dinner table, and all of a sudden, the man says to me, you're pregnant. And I about spit my food across the table, and I said, you're smoking your socks. Now, he may or may not have been smoking something. It wasn't socks. And guess what? I was pregnant. He brought home these 99-cent tests from the dollar store, which, of course, you know, again, I had some, something sarcastic to say, which was, you could pee on those and be pregnant. Um, but guess what? I peed on them, and I was pregnant. And it was a roller coaster ride from there on out. Um, we were told at one point that um, a, a trip to the hospital because I was bleeding, and of course that's not a good sign when you find out you're pregnant. And I went into a radiologist who did the internal sonogram, and the ER doctor did the... What is that called? Good Lord have mercy. He did a different exam where he just, you know, fiddled around with his own eyes. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, okay, so my husband had stepped out for a minute and that ER doctor proceeded to say you lost the baby. Well, five minutes later after I have cursed everyone and everything and cried and threw up because I was just devastated that what I thought was going to be my last opportunity uh, had just failed. Then the radiologist came in and said, the baby's fine. Lo and behold, uh, we were never medically shown that we were carrying twins. We were never medically told that but there were numerous uh incidences where we her child ate the other twin <sighs> yeah i should have named this one lucy fur <laughs> get it lucy fur first name middle name but anyway that's a that's another story because i got one for that too pictures drawn and everything but anyway okay blah 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 i do not say blah 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 <laughs> So, um, we think we may have been pregnant with twins, and the size of me proved uh, as such. I even had random strangers say, are you pregnant with triplets? 
Do these people not know you're not supposed to talk to pregnant women like that? Do they have no clue? I mean, you just don't even say, oh, when are you due? A woman could just be. girl today if she was pregnant, but. Right? You don't do that. I've made that mistake before. Anyway, all of that being said, my daughter put us through the ringer, hospitalized multiple times. Um, Kidney stones, gestational diabetes, got to the highest level of uh, medicinal help, got to the highest level of insulin help. Mind you, four shots a day in the stomach. My daughter's due date was April Fool's Day. Yeah. Did the two of you know her? Yeah. Would that have been appropriate? Yes. Oh, righty then. But they took her three weeks early. Mind you, of the 37 weeks I was pregnant, I was bed rested for 30 of those weeks. Uh, Like Abby and Jen, I didn't experience the breaking of the water, the contractions... Um, I don't know. Am I jealous a little bit? Kind of. Like, I feel there's, you know, two different experiences to that. Yeah, but no matter what, you're still a mom. Like, correct. C-section or Mm -hmm. deliver vaginally, it's still... I think, actually, I had it easier. Although, let's step into the operating room. Uh, I would not want to have a C-section. Yeah, Let's step into the room, especially when they think that they've given you what they need to give you, the spinal, the epidural, and you're supposed to be uh, numb from the chest plate down, and the OBGYN cuts you across from hip to hip, and you lift your legs off the table. So the OBGYN peeks her head over the sheet and says, you just lifted your legs. I shook my head. She said, can you do that again? I shook my head and I lifted my legs. She said, we need to put her out. And as soon as that happened and was said, bells and whistles started going off. I looked at my husband and this is where the chills happen. I'm going to make it brief. We can touch back at it another time. But my husband totally read my mind. He said to the staff, she, she can't breathe. She can't breathe. And I'm like blinking at him like that's correct. And I, I I felt like I was looking down on myself and him like I was not going to make it. Out of body experience for sure. And then again, my husband said to me, you're, you're, you're not going anywhere. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. And it was very scary. They did lose almost. Ha <laughs> ha. Let me rephrase that. Almost lost both of us on the table that day. Um, But lo and behold, my daughter was born at seven pounds, 20 and a quarter inches. And and mind you, that seven pounds is all head. The rest of her looked like a freaking twisty tie. (laughs) And and let let me backtrack. I was so big, my husband measured me around. I was bigger around than I stood tall, which is a whopping five foot. Which means I could have made it somewhere quicker if I rolled than she walked. She was bigger than the target ball. And that's a fact. I have a picture to prove it. <laughs> that being said, um, oh, you know, Abby? What? Abby just had the most recent child, right? Yeah. Guess what I gave her for a baby shower gift? <laughs> <laughs> I gave her an enema. Oh, God. And you want to know what? I needed that. I did use it. Did you mention in your labor story that you had to stay in the hospital five days? Yeah. yeah. 
I stayed in for four days. I had a distended stomach. Mm -hmm. And because of all the complications leading up to bringing Braden Xander on paper, sounds like a boy, she's a girl. I had to have two enemas. So I thought it'd be the perfect baby shower gift for... Only if you saw the picture that was on the (laughs) box, though. That's what killed me. Oh, I I wish you could look at us live right now because this is epic. (laughs) Because opening it, I was like, okay, well, and then... See the pictures? <laughs> <laughs> it was quite hysterical. Uh, but all of that being said, whether it be Abby, Jen, or myself, Becky, whether we missed anything or added too much, you're going to either catch up with it later on or hear it all over again. <laughs> and f- okay, and thank you for listening to our first episode of the Momster Squad. Thank you, Becky. Thank you, Jen, for sharing your stories. And um, thank you, Abby. Well, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> well, um, also follow our social media pages. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter, uh, The Momster Squad, or at Momster Squad. That's going to be capital M-O-M in Momster. You can also find us on Instagram under the underscore Momster underscore squad. Um, uh, also, if you have any stories that you would like to share or if any topics that you want us to talk about, go ahead and email us at themomstersquad at outlook.com. Um, in the title, just go ahead and put mom stories or topics um, and then write what topics that you want to put or the Momster Squad. Uh, <laughs> sorry, my phone's reacting and listening to us. <laughs> All right. All right. Anyway, back to what I was saying. Um, if you do share a story, um, just make sure you either put your name or if you would like to remain anonymous, that's fine as well. Just make sure you put that so we know. Um, but other than that, thank you again for listening to The Momster Squad. Momster Squad.